Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This man, I want us to talk about the church. The church. Why? Because, like we were praying this morning, I didn't even inform the guys who were praying, but I told them, guys, one of the things that I sense, I didn't tell them, but I, I, I know one of the things that I'm sensing, and we know, even as believers, is there's a problem. There's a problem with what we believe. There's a problem with what the world is teaching us in terms of doctrine. What must you believe? What, what are your values for life? What do you understand as things God amesema to fuate? What is your standard of life? Where do you get your doctrines from? And so this month, I want us to look at the church, this topic called the church. Is the church this building? Is the church you? Is the church the surrounding areas? Is the church the denominations? And so I want us to do that. And as we do that, I want us to pray that the Lord will help us have a healthy community of church. That will be healthy consistently. Healthy all the way. That would shine his light consistently till he comes. For those of us in very difficult situations, I want to encourage you that Jesus is on the way. Can I hear an amen? Anakuja is coming for you and I. Hang in there, hold on, endure, the Bible says, to the very end. Then he will come. Amen? Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 2. We are going to read verse 42 to 47. Acts 2, verse 42. To 47. I'm reading from the NIV. Acts chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 42 to 47. Pandi never mambi and is going to be lava. One of those. One of those. Takuja Kumaliza, the summon. Abbe. Atapavali, okay, Tembe, who can you? Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, I read it from the NIV. Can I say amen? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house again. Jehovah, we thank you that you've given us the ability to meet together as those who believe in you, our Heavenly Father. Jehovah, as we sit under the instruction of your word, help us to hear you. Help us to do all that you created us to do. Help us to fight the enemy with every inch of us by the help of the Holy Spirit. We pray, King of Kings, that you don't leave us nor forsake us because it's a promise you gave. We pray all this in Jesus' name. We all say, Amen. I was reading um, on some stories about families and I read the story of a child who asked his father, how are people born? 
Cooperative in the house you know yeso wali nakwanga kizungumkuti Watu wa Manchester wametuweka chini hapa dio Ten Hag maneno sasa a child asked the father how are people born so his father said Adam and Eve made babies then their babies became adults and made babies and so on Maybe it was me here, I don't know. The child then went on to his mother and asked her the same question. And she told him, We were monkeys, then we evolved to become like we are now. No, 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 I'm not attacking the ladies. Ladies, your friends, you know, in his story too. And he said, well, We were monkeys, then we evolved to become like we are now. The child then read back to his father and said, Hey, Zaina, you lied to me. You were warm, but you need to stop. His father replied, no, 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 eh? Your mom was talking about her side of the family. <laughs> ah. Beliefs, beliefs, what do you believe? Where do you believe you came from? Those are the questions. And in as much as you can say, ah, God created me, do you really believe that God is your father? that he created you. I saw someone introduce themselves the other day on a clip, and I know some of us know this, or maybe I've even seen it. And it goes something like this. This is how they introduce themselves. Oh, so my name is Alex Alexander. That's my name, Fred. My pronouns are he and him. I am male. I am standing in front of a group of people in a building with a microphone in my hand. I'm wearing a brown shirt and jeans. That's how guys are introducing themselves crazy. And you might say in Bali, it's in the West, but guys, in the 90s we saw so many crazy things in the West that now we have right here with us in our country. You remember the president was being asked, oh, how, what is your thoughts on your sexuality? And I said, hey, those are not things you're thinking about now. When the time comes, we'll think about them. And so slowly by slowly, the, uh, our community is being directed to begin to think in a certain way. Our belief systems are being attacked. Nikubai. And if you're not careful, you'll be swallowed soon or already swallowed. I think it's okay. What's the problem? Yeah, this belief system we have, is it really true? I believe that the only ones that will survive this wave are those that have a great spiritual core. Like you are unmoved, your heart is strong. You know that you know that you know in your heart of hearts what you believe. Those who know who they are, those who know why they are here or wherever they are. This man, I believe the Almighty God is calling us back to the basics of our beliefs. The reasons behind our convictions. Why do you do the things the way you do them? Why do you believe the work ethic should be the way you believe it is? The reasons behind our convictions must start, though, from the word of God. This man will be looking, like I've said, to what the church is all about. I believe that in our definition of the church lies the answer to our beliefs. I believe so, with all of my heart. And hopefully by the end of this month, 
and moving forward, we can firmly say we believe in only one God. I know that sounds very basic. There's one God in heaven. Yes, I have. <laughs> but I also hope that you can firmly believe in God's institution, the church, because the church is under attack. If you don't know, today you know. God in heaven is fighting for us. Do you know that we are in a war? One of the things I love about the New Testament, because I'm there, sir, I'm almost finishing up the New Testament, Kidogo. But I love the story of Jesus. How he came as a just human being. Like all of us. Yes, there was the issue of the Holy Spirit, but he was born just like you and I. One of the things I love about his life is he was quiet for almost 33 years. For 30, 30 years. Kidogo too is only near 12 when he went to the church. Tells the parents, hey, what you don't know, I'm in my father's house. But then we see him when he's baptized. And the reason I'm asking about baptism in the house of God is because it's a sign of your faith. It shows the rest what you believe. Then he begins his ministry. They don't believe him. He goes to the point of even his family thinking he's mad. Like Clive was preaching on the man Jesus, the man Jesus was disowned even by his brothers and sisters. Disowned. He died on the cross. The book of Acts begins by just that brief story of him and then the resurrection. He came back from the dead. Stayed back for almost 40 days. Spoke to almost 500 people. Then he went back to heaven. And told the guys that I'm going to come back again. The angels even confirmed him. This same Jesus you see go up will come back. And like we said, we are living in the last days. He may come back any time. So come back from him to ask you, are you ready? Hey, are you ready? Do you believe that he's coming back? In defining the church, we must talk about what happened in the book of Acts. And we know very well that the book of Acts is where the, the, the Christians were first defined. In a place called Antioch, the Bible says that's where they were first named Christians. And they were Christians because of the reasons you just read. They believed in Jesus. In defining the church, we must define the goers, the believers, those guys called Christians. A Christian is simply a person who believes in Jesus, follows his teachings. So my question, again, and I have many questions, is, are you a Christian? Can we identify you as a believer? One who says you confess this same Jesus that died on the cross, that came back. Can we call you a Christian? It is in identifying the Christian that the church came to be. We must remember that. The church has never been or never will be the building. It's not about this building. If we came next Sunday and found the building not there, do we still call ourselves the church at Nairobi Chapel in Makasi? Yes, we do. If Nairobi Chapel in Makasi was destroyed and none of the institution existed, 
Can we still call ourselves a church? Yes. Because the church of Jesus Christ is the people. You and I. The Bible says we are two or three gathered and they are right with them, in the midst of them. Two make a church. One makes for the kingdom. It is in the book of Acts that the definition of this church begins. This group of people. These individuals that believe in Jesus. Today we begin by looking at the first thing these Christians did. Because we define you most of the time, but by what you do. It will not say sour. when you are dating. Oh, I love you till death. But it is what we did. I gave her the ring. My wife. It is in what you do. Young people in there? Yeah. Single people in the house? I'm with you. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 to Mesoma Apple that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was then filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property possessions to give to those who were in need. Every day the Bible says they continued to meet together in temple courts, broke bread in their homes, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And then the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Where we want to begin is how to but they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. The King James says they devoted themselves to the doctrines of the apostles. Like I started in the beginning, a doctrine is a belief. A belief. What is in your very heart of hearts as something you trust and know to be right and are doing things that reflect that. That is a doctrine. What are the doctrines you hold about life, about relationships, about human beings, about kids, about relationships? What do you hold as true? Those are the things we'll be talking about this month. And I pray in Jesus' name that in case you have any that is off, that you align it back to what God says. Because if you don't, maybe just maybe you're the people with the false doctrines around. And maybe, just maybe, you'll miss this Jesus. I want us to look at the portion of scripture that we just read, but Acts 2, if you can go back to Acts 2, I want to read just a portion of scripture from verse 14 to verse 41. Just turn there with me to Fadal if you can, if you can't. Acts 2, verse 14, just before what you've read. Let me read, I'm reading from the NIV. Acts 2, 14, 41. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you, 
who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God has said, or says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood. Therefore, the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and for knowledge, and you with the help of wicked men. Put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Then said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. That's David. Verse 29. Fellow Israelites again. Peter is talking. I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, but he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Can I hear an amen? amen? In discussing the beliefs and the apostles' teachings, the beliefs of the apostles, we must look at what Peter talked about. In their lives, quite a lot. Because you must remember, after the resurrection, Jesus tells his people, Hey, go and wait. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And it came. So he begins to teach them. And it is in the teaching of the apostles that we find the beliefs that we know and I want to remind us of. From this teaching moment of the apostle Peter, it is very clear that he mentioned some things that are the pillars of our Christian belief. Basics, we know them. Peter mentions God, the God of heaven. His spirit, 
Christ's death, resurrection, and the fact that it is the same Jesus that now has the power to save us. He also mentions the word of God that he has stated all the things he talks of. He mentions, ah, it's written in the book of Joel. He mentions the word of God. Right there in the content of Peter's message lies the essentials of the Christian faith. Essentials. In there lies the pillars of the belief that the so-called Christian must have. What pillars do you have as a believer? So if somebody ever asks, hey, okay, you call yourself a believer, eh? What is that? What do you, what do you guys believe? What would you tell them? Do you have an answer? The Bible says, have a ready answer for those who will want to question of what your beliefs are. Do you have the answer? The essentials or basics of the Christian faith are as follows. Number one, if you can't turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6, the first verse, the first bit, sorry. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 6. Essentials of the Christian belief. 1 Corinthians 8, 6, verse, oh, the first, the first bit, part A, the same There is but one God. One. Not two, not three. One. From whom all things came and for whom we live. One God in heaven. And I know this is very basic, but do you believe that there is only one God in heaven? If somebody ever asks you, who is this God you say you believe in? Do you know him? Do you know that he's your father who answers heaven? Do you know that he is Jehovah and has many names? He is Rafa, our healer. Have you called on him lately? He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. In these difficult times, have you called on Jireh? Ama, you're your own God. Do you know that this God is the perfect spirit? And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Do you know this God of heaven? Yahweh is his name. I am that I am. Aliambia Moses. Do you know him? I'm on I know there's a God somewhere, man. There is one God. What the world is trying to teach us today is ah, those are the thoughts of men. Have you doubted the existence of the God of heaven? And if you have, what was the reason? Was it turmoil? Was it the pain in your life? Was it the issues that you encountered? Makauko, ah, Mungu is not there. I don't think he exists. I don't think. How? How, how can he exist and this happened? How can there be a God who is the creator of the universe? And yet, these are the issues. I had a friend in uni one, he told me, so you actually believe that there's a God somewhere there. So how come I had such a difficult childhood? Kwani, how? He is a good God. His nature is good. He is kind. He is all wisdom. How? Do you believe that there is a God in heaven? Because the beliefs that we have as those who say we belong to the church of God, those that say that we believe in Jesus, those beliefs must include that the God we know is one. We call him Abba Father because of the adoption that he has given us. 
Do you know this God of heaven? That is a very essential belief for those who call themselves Christians. Those that gather together in this space called a building. Those that say, ah, I belong to the church of God. Do you believe that there is only one God? How many you have other gods that you worship? Second Corinthians, second one. Second Corinthians 13, 14. The first belief is that there is one God. Belief number two. Second Corinthians 13, verse 14. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. That's 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. God is a spirit that exists in a triune form. He is God the Father, He is God the Son, He is God the Holy Spirit. He is a spirit that exists in the human form of Jesus Christ. He is the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Do you believe that? Do you understand the triune nature of God? Ama, do you think he's a triad? There's God the Father, the Father of the Kingdom. There's God the Son in his own kingdom, separate, and God the Holy Spirit, and they are not together. What do you believe? Do you know the different sides of him? He has names. He is infinite. He is perfect in all nature. If you ever asked by the world today, what is this God the Father, Son, and the Spirit all about? What would you tell them? Have you taken time to understand what it means? To the point you understand why he even exists as such. No wonder he made us the way we are. We have a spirit, we have the body, we have a soul. We reflect his image. Do you understand the work of the Holy Spirit? The helper of mankind. The Bible says he's supposed to remind us and teach us of Christ consistently. He's the one to remind us of God's word forever. He's the one to point us to Jesus. When things are tough, it is okay to pray, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Help me because I can't see even the understanding of this word of God. How is this true Holy Spirit of God? It is a perfect spirit. So powerful, the Bible says, when Jesus died, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead. And I always remind believers this. If you call yourself a believer, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. In each one of you that says they believe. So what is too difficult for you? What is too difficult a situation even in life that you wish you to go on? And I know it gets tough. It can get tough. But we must remember through the power of the Spirit that He lives in us. That we can make it. That if Jeremiah finished his race, the prophet, 
who was hated by all in his generation. And God had told him, and he called him, Boss, I'm calling you to go to speak to the people of Israel. And I promise you, Jeremiah, God boss. I'm sending it to people that will not listen to you. But go anyway. I call him the most successful of the prophets. Why? Because he listened and obeyed what God told him to do. He understood the assignment. How many of us understand the assignment? <laughs> he understood. Because of the spirit of God that lives inside of you, you can overcome anything. Jesus overcame the cross. Overcame the cross. Hey guys, he overcame the cross. Think about the fact that his man got his man. Now we are, she, she knew who God was. How many have ever been visited by your girlfriend and know that inside you lies the Savior of the world? Oh, now, ladies. <laughs> and the same person who bore you met the angel and said, Be it unto me as the Lord of heaven desires. Looks at you when you're doing ministry in Abandia. Are you well? Jesus encountered that. His brother and sister told him he was mad. But he finished the course. He finished. Has God called you to do something in your life? What is it? Take care of your family. What is it? Do a business. What is it? He has empowered you by the Holy Spirit. You will finish. Say amen. Do you know Jesus? But you have to We will God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. If we call ourselves believers, we believe in God the Father, God our Creator. We believe in the Trinity. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number three, let's go to Philippians 2, 5 to 8. It's almost done. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. We live for NIV. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. In your relationship, relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, verse 7, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. As those who claim to be Christians, those who are the very definition of a church, we believe in God. We believe in the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Number three, we believe opportunity on Jesus Christ. We believe that he was both fully man and fully God. Do you, Christian, believe that? I'm a deep down in and say, there is no way, there is no way at human being. Do you believe that he came and lived? I'm going to speak to the Bible. You're like, okay, no, some of you believers, this is the story. Do you believe that Jesus is the Savior of mankind? 
do you? Because if you call yourself a Christian, these are the questions. Do you believe he died? I remember in the beginning of my salvation, I used to be like, come on, I'm sure you come doors up over your I'm sure I much before. You're like, ah, that's quite two two days. Until you read and you're like, hey, this guy died. Do you believe he rose from the dead? By the power of the Spirit. And the more important one, that he's coming back again. I was hearing a Paul the other day that church goers would not want to hear this story for. I think Jesus is coming back soon. I mean, Hey, boss. Single people, me, I was talking to some single people the other day on Yambi Can you please just talk to this issue of Jesus is coming back? Mimi, Ponga, that's all. But I'm being very honest. Mimi, watch a question. I have my family there and talk about the issue of Jesus is coming back again. And I was like, the Bible says he will find some getting married. Can you imagine? Oh, I need you take so and so to be allowed to help Now you kept yourself for your husband and your wife. Jehovah. Okay, Some will be harvesting. Biashara ni chapofiti. Unaendea check. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. The question is, do you believe that? Because if you do, your actions reflect your belief. So you are ready. The single person should be saying, my heart's desire is to get married. But God's will for my life supersedes that. If he comes, because how? The businessman, the work person, the husband, the wife, whatever it is we desire, whatever our wills, he supersedes all. You should not, you should not have the thought of Manchester United guys, number the game five or five. Five or four, Do you believe on this Jesus? Have you accepted him into your heart? Is he the Lord of your life? Because if he's not, Nikubaya. Remember, we're talking about beliefs. What the world is trying to teach us in our times. It's trying to direct us to doctrines that are not of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He was fully man and fully God. That's number three. Let's go to number four. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. Allow me to read for us because of time. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the rule of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, you are by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us 
alive with Christ, even when you are dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works that anyone can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus died on the cross for all of us, saved us from death, hell, and the grave, saved us by his grace, not because we deserved it. God did not save any of us because, eh, we are kind of nice. Nah. He saved us because he was nice, because he was kind, because he was good. His grace is what we look at, not ourselves. We can't be saved because of any good thing we do. We are saved because of God's grace to us. All we need to do is believe. Salvation is one of the easiest things to do. Because all you need to do is believe that this Jesus, Son of God, died and took all of my sins and gave me a new life. Because of him, we have eternal life. All you need to do is believe. That's all you need to do. If you don't believe, I don't have to be with you. All I remind you is time is running out. I don't know when you leave this earth. See, I'm not a prophet. Amen? God knows the times and seasons of all of us. He knows when and why he brought you to the earth. He knows when and why he will take you. He knows, I always say this, why he put you in that family. It was not a mistake. Whether it was a bad family or a good one. He knows why he allowed you to be born where you were born. God never makes mistakes. Never. Never. Be careful. Because when you're challenging where you're born, you're challenging the God of heaven. When you're challenging your family members, if I only had family members, I was like, you know, yeah, boss. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> you are challenging the God of heaven. Be very careful. Because it also shows that you don't really believe that God is your creator. Why would you challenge why you were born? Why would you look at your sister and be like, ah, who is who is this God gave you that sister. You had nothing to do with your sister being your sister. What do you believe? What you believe comes out in what you do, what you say. We see it. If only Jesus saved us by grace, not by any reason of ourselves. He loved us before we even knew who he was. That thing, whenever I think of that, my heart is overwhelmed. This guy had already died for me. 
My kids don't really know this Jesus well. They kind of have an idea. But he's died for them as well. Think about that for a second. And so receive him into your heart. Take time to look at what he did in the scriptures. Take time. Take time to meditate on them. And believe. Amen? Finally, John chapter 1 verse 1. Even though in the beginning was the word. And the word was. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was. And the word was. And the word. It was the in the beginning. And the word. The word was. With God. And the word was. Not no Bible trivia, Mr. Jali, and the last time I speak was heavy. I would say, who said what? Yes. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The Bible is very clear on the word of God. That the very word of God is God himself. And if we believe in the God of heaven, that is all perfect, all good, all wisdom, all excellence, then God's word, God's word is the same. Do you believe in God's word? You know, quite honest. It's people who put things down. God's word has absolute authority over everything. Let me say that again. God's word has absolute authority over everything. If you can say that God has authority over your life, then put God's word in where you're saying God. God's word has authority even over your life. If the Bible is God's word, it is absolutely true. God is the absolute truth. And such is his word. I beg you by the mercies of God. Now you understand back at the day I die. Take God's word seriously. Take it. You may not necessarily understand why those good days, yeah, the difficult days, my goodness, God's word makes sense. Take it to heart. Read it. Meditate on it. Because in it, you're not in the book of Joshua, you find success. If you meditate on it consistently, if you make your mind to be transformed because you're reading it consistently, then you'll find good, good success. Are you successful? Do you read God's word? Do you apply God's word? Do you walk in the truth of God's word? In that day, success. Do you remember the story of Moses when he was being told to go to the promised land, book of Exodus? God tells him, take these people to the promised land. Then Moses kind of realizes, hey, Abu God, who's an Imetushia? And I come, Mama, have you ever had those friends? I said, So, where are you coming? Moses was saying, he's like, hey, okay, you're telling me, are you coming? 
God says, yes, I'm not going to leave you. Moses is like, may your presence be with us. He understood that success is in the presence of God. Guys, if you want true success, don't allow the issues of life to make you put God hook up at ya. I can do this on my own. Hey, that's the doctrine of the world. What God is reminding us as his children, those Christians, the church of God, is to have him with us. The presence of God is where success is. I kid you not. And if you don't believe, think about the guys who were talking to us last month. Do you remember them? Not last month, sorry. The month of July. Was it July? What did each one of them say? I understand who God is. None of them was like, ah, I can do this, man. He killed I could do it in my by I understood. Each one of them confessed to God in his life and reminded us never to shun him. I have the story of a young man who was like 16 years old. At 16, he was like, you know what, Dad, me, I know you're a pastor, but me, me, I want to be a businessman. I want. That's, that was one of my dreams as well. I remember Nikitoka High School was like, ah, be a I think I can do. But then God put it upon his heart, this 16 year old, to go and help his dad in running the church. And so he met one of the businessmen in the house of God. Then he's like, eh, can you tell me what has helped you to be so wealthy? Because the dude was, there's rich, and then there's wealth. Hey, this one was wealthy. And the guy annoyed the young man. You know what he told him? And he went, okay, you want us to walk this journey? Yeah, yeah. Now I'll do this. Eh? For the next one year, I want you to memorize a passage of scripture every day, four days a week. And then come and talk. Dude went to the dad like a boss. <laughs> I thought you told me this guy is a snitch of this. So at the, I memorized, I knew pussy. Businessman goes, okay, if you don't want me, you want to work with you, you want to know, I memorize. After dealing with his own issues, he went and memorized. After a year, he was waiting for you know, some magic. He said, I've done this, so now I think you're on your way to success. What do you mean? The presence of God. Once you understand the presence of God, which is in his word, success in hands. Jamal has never forgotten. And he has never quit pursuing the Lord. Now he's almost wealthy. Almost. Because he knew where success is. What, what, what do you believe is success? What has the world taught you as success? Guys, this month we are looking at our beliefs. And I kid you not, if you continue to believe your own stuff, you'll never be successful in the eyes of God. I had a minister say the key to success is the presence of God. But for presence, the presence of God to be in your life, 
you must obey him. How? Because, like the young man was told, I'm supposed to love my enemies. You know that verse that I really like? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. For the presence of God to be evident in your life, obey. Be obedient. Obey him. For obedience to happen, you must believe. Don't just obey empty. What are you obeying? There's something you believe. What is that thing you believe? God's word. If you believe God's word, do you obey it? I kid you not, you'll be successful. You may not be successful in the eyes of men, but you will be. Look at the scriptures. Look at your friends. Look at our family members. Look at the people in the world. I have the story of Denzel Washington as he was being interviewed by Oprah. Akasema, when he was coming up in the movie business, he was so excited. So when you're going back home to shopping even, you know? Then he's like, hey mom, did you ever think that since your family would be this rich? Relax. Let me tell you a story. Your grandma, who was married to a preacher, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Your grandma was married to a preacher. Praying for you every single night. And these were her words. God of heaven, remember my children's children consistently. And that is probably why now you're a movie star. Tulia. Tuli? Guys, are you looking for success? As per the doctrines of the world or per the doctrines of God? This month, we are simply going to be looking at our beliefs. What do you believe? Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.